Hello, and welcome to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast. Every week, Talking Heads will bring you in-depth insights and analysis on the topics that really matter to investors. In this episode, we'll be discussing the recent turmoil in the banking sector. I'm Daniel Morris, Chief Market Strategist, and I'm joined by Severine Piquet, Head of Credit Research. Welcome, Severine, and thanks for joining me. Hello, it's my pleasure to be here. Of course, we've had an eventful and perhaps unexpected couple weeks. I don't think many were anticipating the turmoil to come out of the banking sector. We thought we had done that oh, about 15 years ago, but evidently we're not quite done yet with stress and with worries about banks. And nonetheless, the reason I say we were surprised is we had a whole slew of new regulation following the global financial crisis that we thought would insulate us against the events that actually we've lived through over the last three weeks. So I want to ask you about kind of how you evaluate the regulation that we've had and what we can say about the banks in the U.S. and in Europe. One stat that I saw when I was uh, doing some research, people talk about the regional banks in the U.S. and there are over 4,000 or so, and you would think, gosh, it must be quite difficult uh, for regulators to keep track of so many banks. But then I saw that there are actually over 5,000 banks uh, in the EU. So I guess regulators are just as busy here. Well, Severin, let's start with the first question. What is your assessment of the banking sector in Europe today after what we've seen in the markets over the last couple of weeks? Yes. So despite everything that we've seen, my team continues to see the financial institution as being pretty sound. So regulation has proven during this episode very protective and, in my opinion, very well calibrated and protective. And at the same time, central banks also played their role because they did provide liquidity whenever they felt that there was exaggeration in the market. But they didn't do it completely blind. They stopped pouring liquidity when they thought it was too much. For example, for SVB or for Credit Suisse, they said, okay, this is too much. Now we stop. So that's also it's a good backstop because it shows that regulators and supervisors will do whatever they need without doing too much. So in my opinion, this is the end of endless and very abundant liquidity and the end of the negative rates environment. So right now, uh, and this was to be expected, this is the market normalization. And during this moment, there will be separation between the weakest company on one hand, the ones that really need liquidity and capital, and they didn't do what it took in order to have a sound balance sheet. And on the other hand, the most solid companies and banks, which did the necessary things. So interest rates, they go up. Yes, finally. The negative interest rates environment was really difficult for financial institutions. So yes, it can have an impact on realized uh, capital losses. This is what we've experienced at SVB. But not all banks are like SVB. The ultra majority of banks have very sticky deposit base, and this has not changed. Most banks have asset liability management, and they have liquidity coverage ratio 
the famous LCR. And this is helping really banks and also the supervisor to monitor liquidity. And currently this is daily. Banks receive a call from their supervisor daily to check the state of their deposit, to check their liquidity. And so this is really protective. And moreover, unlike SVB, most of the banks also have hedges on higher interest rates. And that's in order to protect capital. And of course, SVB didn't have any of this. So this was a very specific case. The problem is at SVB and at the same time as two cryptocurrency specialized banks prompted so much nervousness on the market. But in my own opinion and the opinion of my team, this is not particularly logical. When you have market stress like this, and as you pointed out, in an environment where interest rates are rising, and most of us expected that this would cause stresses in the financial system, so we're always wondering, where next? And one of the areas that I've heard mentioned uh, is the insurance sector. People wonder, do they not have the same mark-to-market problems as some of the banks have, given that they have, supposedly, a lot of government bonds on the balance sheets that are worth less than when they bought them? What do you think about the insurance sector in Europe? The situation is really different between insurance and banks. Insurers have very little outflows. Insurance funds are not like deposits at all. The asset and liability management in insurance companies is very sound and there's no structural duration mismatch. Whereas at banks, deposits can be very volatile and for insurance, it's not the case. So it's much more easy for an insurance company to actually forecast the outflows that they are going to bear during the year and they will act on their assets accordingly. So they will have a lot of cash typically, especially in countries where there can be some churn. But for the time being, I've discussed with a few insurers here in Europe, none of them has seen any massive increase of outflows so far. And moreover, capital ratios are very, very high. Insurers do not need daily liquidity and they are much less sensitive to market confidence. One aspect that actually was painful for banks is that the entire business model is really dependent on the market confidence. This is not the case for insurance. So they are much more secure in environments like this. And we've seen this in all the other crises we've experienced back in 2008 or in 2011 with the sovereign, insurers were attacked by the market, but they held well. And actually, they went out reinforced from these episodes, having more and more sound asset and liability management. We recall, of course, as you've mentioned, Silicon Valley Bank, that the recent turmoil started, originated in the U.S., and subsequently there's been criticism uh, that perhaps the U.S. regulatory regime was not as exhaustive as it was in Europe, and that's one of the reasons that it started in the U.S. and arguably uh, may last for longer in the U.S. Do you agree with that assessment? How do you view the state of the U.S. banking system? Yes, indeed. In fact, if SVB was subject to the LCR ratio in particular, we would have seen since quite a lot of time that there was a problem there and a lot more capital would have been required and it would have needed to sell their bonds way, way earlier. So we probably wouldn't have this kind of problems. So regulation will probably need to be adjusted in the US. Probably small banks were all the regulation is not applying, probably the regulation will need to be applied in full to them. So this is going to be a little bit costly for them. This will probably prompt some mergers 
But again, like we've seen with SVB, maybe some other banks are going to take opportunities to actually buy the weakest players. So that's actually going to be a market cleanup. Smaller banks during this process will probably see some outflows in deposits, especially when the bulk of their deposits are actually very, very large and uninsured. So companies which have this kind of deposit to not diversified enough banks will probably search to diversify to more banks in order to have their deposits insured and will probably also fly to quality. So recently we've seen a lot of deposit inflows in very large U.S. banks. So this is probably going to continue. So in order to stop the small banks, we probably have to pay a little bit more their deposits. And so profitability of these banks is probably going to go down. But this is the price to pay if we want to have a very, very sound U.S. regional bank again so that the market can trust. And in any case, large banks will all benefit from this because regulation already applies to them. In the days and weeks ahead, Severin, what are the things that you're going to be looking for as you try to evaluate the evolution of the turmoil that we've gone through recently? First, daily, what I'm looking at is if markets finally comes back to their senses and understand that currently we are not at a Lehman moment. So my hope is that the situation is going to normalize in the coming weeks. This is just a market cleanup. And again, it was necessary. Now, what I'm going to look at more specifically is how regulation is going to be discussed again at the sector level, both in the US, but also in Europe. In Europe, we have a new wave of regulation coming. This is the end of Basel III, so what we call Basel IV. This is going to come to the market this year. And otherwise, more globally, uh, we'll have to check how central banks will curb their interest rate policy or not. And what everybody is talking about on the market currently is commercial real estate. So that also needs to be monitored. My personal opinion is that banks do not do this kind of uh, sector's commercial real estate like they used to do back in 2008. They learned. (laughs) They already went through a pretty nasty crisis with commercial real estate and probably they do their business very differently. So my expectation is that losses on this commercial real estate is probably, again, to be much milder than what the market is expecting currently. Thank you very much, Severine. If I could summarize some of the key points that you made, I think the fundamental message from you is that you see financial institutions in Europe as sound and that the regulatory regime that was put in place after the global financial crisis has by and large been effective. And in addition to that, and very importantly, we have seen central banks stepping up and providing liquidity, but at the same time, not indiscriminately. So at least keeping some of the market discipline, certainly, that we need. And also, you highlighted that fundamentally, it was the end of the abundant liquidity that we've had since the global financial crisis, the normalization of interest rates. It was inevitable that this would create some turmoil in the markets, and we've certainly seen that. But ultimately, it's just a separation, if you will, of the weak from the strong, at least within the banking system. In terms of the consequences and highlighting the point that regulation has not been as strong in the U.S., you would see it increasing in the U.S., which, among other things, would likely lead to lower profitability. Well, that's all we have time for today. 
If you would like more information, please reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact or check out Viewpoint for investment insights at viewpoint.bnpparibas-am.com. My thanks to Severine for sharing her insights. Thank you, Severine. Thank you so much. For listeners who have devices with Alexa, you can ask Alexa to enable Investment Insights or search for Investment Insights on Amazon under the category Alexa Skills. If you like Talking Heads, leave us a positive review and a nice rating. We recommend subscribing to Talking Heads on your favorite podcast channel. You receive your episodes every Monday afternoon. You've been listening to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast with me, Daniel Morris and Severine Piquet. Please do join me next week. Until then, take care. This presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management. Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.